Bree, I'm sorry. We were just chatting. How are you doing? I'm doing good. My tiny niece is standing right here because she really wants my attention, and she also wants to say something in the microphone. Yes. I like it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, what she's talking about, but I'm glad she likes it. Is it the microphone, or was it hairspray? What do you like, Yaz? I like popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep, a podcast that used to be about books. I am your host. I'm Alex Falcone, recording in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. A quick personal note before we get started today. Um, the As you guys know, the people who listen to the show are remarkable. Bree, you've met a couple of them in real life. Um, they're just such wonderful people. But since the pandemic began, I've gotten at least two i think at least three emails from meat buddies that like made me tear up reading them they're just so wonderful um and uh i uh i sent this to you guys last week but like we did this pep talk a few weeks back that really did a lot of good at a time that it was super needed for the person and if you recall we did such a bad job right like we were that was a terrible pep talk Oh yeah, I mean, I thought I thought we had definitely goofed it up. Yeah, and it it meant a lot to her. And also, um, we had our sponsors from last week. Really loved the episodes. I don't know if you remember that. Did some weird stuff on that episode. I guess I, I feel like we don't always deserve it, but I do really appreciate it. Um, so if you want to send along um, something nice, uh, you're welcome to. But I just really appreciate people who've written in podcasts at redistrict.com. And have us do more pep talks because we're obviously really good at it. Well, so we're terrible at it, which is so funny. It's great we have (laughs) Bree here today because we can talk about this uh, a little bit later on. But Bree is actually good at pep talks and can give us a little pep talk pep talk perhaps i see i was trying to pep talk pep talk yeah. us and oh, kind of get some confidence going in there i see yeah and then you right away just destroyed my confidence Actually, yeah. <laughs> i think the, the problem is when you're studying at such a high high caliber of you know meat buddy it's hard to pep them up any further you know i how could you possibly yeah, yeah. so um I, but anyway, I appreciate everybody who's written in. Um, also, while we're here, uh, I want to thank a couple of Meat Buddies for continuing their support of the show. Uh, Jeremy and Paul both moved to the new Patreon system. They've been supporting us since 2015, both of them. Isn't that incredible? Whoa. And also, um, from last month, I didn't actually, I don't think I actually did a shout out to, but uh, our Flanken, J number one, moved over as well. If you want to um, support the show, you can go to Metreon.com and become a Meat Buddy and keep this show limping down the tracks all right let me introduce you to our panel for today because it is a good one uh first up he's at anthony lopez part two on twitter he is in southeast portland please welcome back mr anthony lopez hey uh, excited to be here this is gonna be a fun one it's what i need i need some nice lively conversation to keep me focused i hope so i hope we can do that for you also joining us he's at hunbun on letterboxd yeah between two popeyes in northeast portland it's mr hunter donaldson yeah, hey, uh, my hair right now is nuts. I wish you could see it. It is. Would you say it's, it's, it's ratted? It's ratted in a cool way. Okay, it's got hardcore ratitude. All right, okay. I'm gonna take that word. And ratatouille up there. And it's it's swallowed up my headphones. You can't even see my headphones. <laughs> That's the thing. It looks like that it looks like great. I'm not wearing headphones, but I, I, it's just my hair. It's 
Man, big. that scene where they are all spraying their hair like in front, like so close to each other. Like, oh, there's so much hairspray getting in mouths in that scene. It's pretty hard to watch. Um, also, we have a very special guest today, you guys. Um, we are, first of all, it's our first guest, uh, our first general topic guest of the new season. We had one, we had a couple other people for very specific things, but our first full guest of the season, um, she's at Brie Pruitt on Twitter. Um, she is joining us from Portland today. She's also the host of a pep talk podcast, a weekly pep talk podcast called You Can Do It with Brie Pruitt. Please welcome back Brie to the show. Uh, I'm sure there are so many people uh, at home that are also pleasantly plump or chunky. And so I'm so glad that we're doing Hairspray today. <laughs> yeah, we, we get to talk so much about that. Even That's though... a quote from the movie. And I guess we're not doing quotes to open the podcast anymore. <laughs> Well, we still work sometimes. I never actually um, really told Hunter about that, and so it's kind of faded. Um, yeah, and Anthony the, sometimes the, still does it. Yeah, and there's a huge problem that Hairspray is just not a very quotable movie. Oh yeah, you know, that's just that, it's I a real. Find, yeah, it's just such a you know a stone strict. Well, real flatly written yeah. film. It's, you didn't. You couldn't hear this quote necessarily because Hunter didn't do a quote. But what he did do is, right when I introduced him, he smashed up his head through a painting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, he, he was ready to reference it. Um, Bree, tell tell everybody more about your podcast. This is the first time you've been a guest oh, on sure. the show since you started your new podcast. So tell us about you can do it with Bree Pro. Um, I started a podcast called You Can Do It with Bree Pruitt. It's a pep talk podcast for all the things we struggle with. I bring on a comedian every week and I uh, hear their struggle and I build them up and I offer resources. It's kind of an it, you y'all are we're talking about pep, pep talks. Mine is like more of like I listen to somebody. I offer some resources. I help them problem solve. And then I give them like a magic spell or a mantra. Hmm. And it's been 16 episodes and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I it's uh, I, I was able to do one of the lost episodes. Yeah, um, lost. and it was a great process um, and it was very helpful to me, even though no one ever heard it. So it was really just like I got to hang out with you and you talked me up. Um, good. But you were genuinely good at it, and I could, and even that was early on in the process. You'd like put a lot of work into trying to be good at it. We we only do it very briefly for people who give us money and badly, and so it's kind of a weird setup, I guess. But um, every once in a while, people want that from us, and so it's nice. Uh, people need a lot of positivity, guys. It's bad out there. So. Yeah, especially right now, it's very helpful. Um, before we uh, talk about today's movie, um, let's go around the horn and talk about what else you've watched this week, Hunter. Why don't you get us started? What else have you been watching? Oh, that's a, that. That's great that you asked me that because I'm actually in the process of moving right now, so I haven't mm-hmm. watched anything at all. But I'll just use this time to announce that I am moving back to Arkansas, the great state of Arkansas, uh, temporarily. That's what I, that's something I'm doing with my life right now because of yeah. uh, all the situations happening. So um, you're gonna sound exactly the same because of how the internet works, but you will be in a different physical place. No, I will sound different. My <laughs> accent will intensify. Will I will it wear intensify? Cowboy, I bet it will. I will wear a cowboy hat. Um, I will Hiring record guns. the podcast from horseback, okay? <laughs> I will sit on my horse and record this in the woods, okay? You, uh, you're going to keep forgetting the code switch. That's so true. You're, yeah. you're going to come out to your family and friends talking like a podcaster. <laughs> I am. You'll be uh, taking I like to like, read it and weep. I... <laughs> will Go you ahead, be? Um, yeah. Will you be taking long pauses to sip out of a, a humorously sized jug in between uh-huh. jokes? 
<laughs> you dang dog right, I will. He'll be, he's always drinking on the show, but now it'll just be labeled XXX instead yeah. of yeah. actual liquor. Yeah, and from boots, too. I like to drink from a good <laughs> yeah. boot. Good stanky um, boot drink. I have, uh, I, I have a very sympathetic accent. Like, if someone talks to me long enough in an accent, I'll start to almost rudely mimic it. Not on purpose, like subconsciously. And so I wonder if... What? I said, Alex, don't do that. <laughs> I know, no, it's white. so it's so not great. It's especially bad in like an acting situation because I oh, yeah. like I'm gonna be whatever character you guys are. That's how this is gonna yeah, go. Especially because <laughs> you're living in Koreatown now. I just really see this ending Yikes. only for you. Yikes, it yikes, is yikes. difficult. Um, but uh, anyway, I look forward to hearing if your accent does how much it does switch when you're hanging around your family. You, there. I mean, like all joking aside, you probably will notice a difference because I will I'm be so spending more that. time with my mom. And well, so we will spend more time talking shit. And that means that I'm going to have a deeper accent. Do you talk Let shit me, with your mom a lot? Yeah, I just want to hear a favorite little thing. taste of, a li- of like yeah. what. What that Give us a hint. Like. Give us a preview. Oh man, we talk shit on everybody. I don't even know how to like. What do you mean? Like, like, like just what, what the accent sound like when you're like dishing the tea? You know, I don't know yeah. that. I, I don't know that I can do like my real accent. You know, like I, I don't know that I could feel like I can. I, I, I feel like I can go all the way, but I don't know that I can go like just a little bit in there. A little bit is that you know, Hunter? I, I'm just not sure this president's doing a great job. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't th- that what president do we have one? <laughs> that's, that's your shit. I talk we benched you just pretend you haven't heard about the president. That's a good. <laughs> that, that's probably a good tactic for the South right now. Yeah. Is to just be like is there, there, what, wait, there is one. There's a president. What? Are you worried about the culture shock? No, I mean okay. I'm just going to be in the woods, dude. I'm, there's not going to be a culture shock with me and my mom. I, I pretty much know where she's at with stuff. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, I mean, this because- it's is it going to like the podcast going to be tough, folks? Since I don't think they've gotten like letterboxed out yeah. there yet in Arkansas. <laughs> you know, like, uh- it, yeah, I mean, once once I cross the border, I do have to turn in my computer and everything. Um, <laughs> it won't allow that, uh, so I will it's, have to call. It's in. like going to Europe and like the different wall outlets. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. like that with <laughs> culture. They're going to confiscate my books and my computer at the border. They'd be like, no reading. All right. I am looking forward to talking to you from Arkansas and getting updates on your life there. Also, I like that given that like you are working entirely online at the moment, Mm -hmm. uh, like why pay city prices when you can pay the woods prices? That's literally the idea. What's the Popeye sitch? like out there <laughs> you'd think question. it would be better you'd think it would be better and mm-hmm. and it should be it's a louisiana brand okay yeah but it isn't better um so, that's one of I the mean, reasons i eat it all the time is because i just you know my ambition portland popeyes is better than arkansas popeyes don't get don't even don't no no <laughs> it's the access it's not better oh okay, okay. because everyone okay. knows the way popeyes works is the closer you get to new orleans the better it is and once you get to <laughs> new orleans it's better than than regular restaurants i don't know if you've ever been to new orleans but people that live in new orleans will take you to a popeyes like it's like the like this is where you want to go you know what i mean like you're you're visiting new orleans and i want you to take you to this fast food restaurant chain that is nationwide <laughs> And they're right. They're right to do it. You're going to doubt them, and then you're going to do it, and you're going to be like, oh, damn, how did they do this? I I have been to New Orleans with Anthony, in fact, and no one tried to take us to a Popeye's, so That's, we just didn't well, know enough you, people. You weren't with the right people. 
I think we mm. stuck together too much. Um, well, congratulations on your big move, buddy. I look forward to hearing more about it. Anthony, what else have you watched this week? Um, I've watched the uh, two thing, quick things I want to talk about. Uh, one, I, um, I wait for Hunter to finish it. I don't know if you have, but I did finish uh, the German Netflix series Dark. Dark, yeah, you mentioned uh, after restarting rewatching it. I don't know. Did you ever finish that? Hunter? I have not finished it. No spoilers, please. Yes. Um, I have some thoughts about it. I don't know how far you in or into it, but it it's uh it's very interesting because we talked about it, especially compared to Lost yeah. and uh kind of like the difference of being able to write three seasons and sort of plan it out from the beginning and how that helps. I am curious when you're finished with it. Uh, what you think about it in terms of that? Uh, well, what do you in terms of lost seasons? What level of quality do you feel I'd say like? It stays <laughs> pretty good to it. I think the biggest problem with it is that it's like its main strength is them able to plot it out from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just becomes this incredibly convoluted story that's all about the like the weird time paradoxes and craziness, not really about. The characters, uh, like they mm-hmm. kind of lose that, which oh. is something I think Lost did the opposite of. Like it lost the thread yeah. of the mystery, but always kept like character at the heart of it. While this is sort of the opposite. Like this is uh, the first season's pretty complex. By the end, this is maybe the craziest, most complex show I've ever seen. Um, Interesting. So it is. So can definitely- we watch? Can we watch Dark mean? to learn? Can we watch Dark to learn about like what the black smoke was? Because <laughs> we need to know. It's it gets well. That's probably in there. Honestly, I uh, like the idea of someone doing an other show that, like, as part of the canon, yeah. explains Lost. Yeah, it's just um, like in the world of bound. this new Star Trek show. They're like, oh, by the way. You know, we did stop by this planet. There was this thing going on, the smoke monster. Here's what was happening. And then they just go back to being in space. Oh, uh, it would be funny if it was a minor detail, too. Just in one episode, they find like a synopsis that explains oh, everything. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. They just find like, oh, this was the lost. This is the actual episode of Lost that was lost, the Lost Lost episode. And it explains everything. And we just now we know the answer. Uh, that's a funny idea. Um, what was the then, other thing? Ian? The yeah. other thing is something else you brought up a while ago. Finally got a chance because it's all also on Netflix now. But I watched the Last Dance, the yes. Michael yeah. Jordan oh, documentary. Oh, I'm so uh, glad you brought this up about Breeze here too because Bree yeah. has some thoughts too. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I did think I was watching it, and it's it's a very compelling ten hours of television. I think uh-huh. uh, with like some really good interviews. But I was watching it, and I kind of got was thinking about like, you know, like the problem with like music biopics is that the the bands have like final cut over what goes in the movie. Right. That's kind of how this felt. Like it felt like it was very compelling, very well told story, but it almost feels like a autobiographical documentary more than like a straight objective one. Like it really feels like a lot of things are like. Yeah, we're going to get this great access to Michael Jordan, but he's going to tell his side of the story, and that's the side we're going to portray as fact. Yeah. Um, So it almost had like this. It's funny when they're like, um, you know, you get these candid moments with players being like, yeah, Michael was real tough. He'd say things to you and make you cry. And then they would show a clip of him being like, hey, guys. 
do better, dummies. And it was like, cause that's that's what he would approve of them to show. You know, he's not going to let them show, you know, him punching someone in the right. face and calling them, like, really yeah, tearing into them. So you get, like, these weird sort of, like, sort of moments that you get just from him kind of having his thumb on the scale. Uh, but besides that, I, I thought it was great. There's uh, a couple of minor characters that really jumped out at me from that that documentary. Like, for one thing, like, I knew so little of Dennis Rodman because um, I didn't like I didn't know about, like how good he was to play yeah. her. You didn't also, grow like, up in the 90s. So, I mean, how could I, you know a lot I, about no, Dennis no, I mean, like everything I knew was like tabloid stuff. I didn't know what he thought was going on or like how he learned. How. Anyway, I really thought he was charming from that episode. Yeah. I liked yeah. him a lot. And also Steve Kerr seems like he might be like one of the best dudes ever. He rules. And his mom. What was his mom? Was remind me. Of she mom? was in it. I just wanted. There was no fucking women in that yeah. entire movie except oh, for yeah. Steve Kerr's mom. Yeah, Ugh, I'm well, so mad about it. Yeah. Still, I can't stand it. Whenever we don't think any women think had any insight about him. this entire period of history at all, no women well, had they, anything to say. How little they cover like his family life, like when his kids show up in the last episode so like oh yeah he did have yeah, like yeah, a did, very yeah. big large family that was a big part of it but like that is and yeah, i get that's that super weird to be fair they only had 10 hours to kind of cover <laughs> these things yeah and there's only um, 90 people interviewed in the documentary yeah, right. so like yeah. how were they supposed they had to, to keep the list short yeah. yeah they couldn't just let anyone come um, on yeah. there but like, what um, do you expect them to do like <laughs> that's the same thing that i felt like when we watched this the civil war documentary where it was like like you had twelve episodes and you didn't want to let the women talk. Like you well, can't I mean, do this. Alex, it was eighteen sixties. Women weren't invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, you, you mean gotta, mothers? You be, no, they're busy. Yeah, we can't be. We can't be too anachronistic in it. You know. Yeah. It was, um. Brie, what did you? What else have you watched this week? I just want to. I have one more comment for the last dance, which is a, like a really interesting thing because w- what you're saying is true. Anthony, like Michael Jordan probably did not, he he could weigh in on everything, but you know what? He was free to like put in that documentary is how fucking petty that fool is. And he has no problem with showing that side of himself to the world. Yeah. Someone told me that I walk funny. And so I won six championships and that is fine. (laughs) You lunatic. Yeah. Um, If if people had just been nicer to him, he would have turned out like me. Well, I just yeah. The main takeaway of that documentary is he come at the king. You best not miss. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you just Amen. if you don't slight Michael Jackson, your li- uh, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, your yeah. life will be much better. Do not do not upset that man because he will. Well, we were doing uh, a little bit um, on my podcast where we say, man, pff, fucking Michael Jordan. He could never solve climate change. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> that fool will never. And the wage gap between w- women and men. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. That's what's going on. Okay. What I'm listening, what I'm watching, um, I just watched the Indian matchmaking show on Netflix. It's a very good show about arranged um, marriages in the United States and India and Indians um, it, diaspora. Um, Interesting. It's, it's really, I mean, it's like, I'm not married. And so like just learning more about why people choose to get married and like, you know, parts of it are cultural, but also like what, what the hell is anyone looking for in a partner? You know, it's like very interesting. It's not how I've set up my life. I've set up my life 
for, you know, like who will be good for dinner on Thursday? And that's it. Um, <laughs> so that is a good show. They're very weird characters. Um, and then I also wa- want to plug disclosure documentary on Netflix, which is about trans folks, but mostly like trans women, specifically black trans women. And Laverne Cox was like a big part of it. But it is so interesting, you guys, especially for film people, because our film has so much early American cinema has so many allusions to transsexual people. Um, you, it would really surprise you. It would be a good read in a week, frankly. So check that out. Interesting. What was the name of this again? Disclosure. Disclosure. All right. Disclosure. Chewing and it's up. around the, the concept of like trans women pass sometimes as as um, cisgendered women. But there's this moment where you disclose like um, and, and you know, it's like uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, uh, what's the fucking Jim Carrey movie? The. Um, Ace Ventura, you know, there's like this oh, moment yeah. and it's very like We've talked disturbing. about Ace Ventura, Jesus. Oh, yeah. so upsetting. Yeah. It's yeah. so upsetting. Uh, <laughs> we This was your thing, Anthony, right? Was the dolphin? Well, I mean, the, that whole final, the finale of... It's so disgusting. Is, like, well, I think you, you were the one who pointed out that was like, having the dolphin also be transphobic is the most upsetting oh. part. It's like... Yeah, you it's pretty. The dolphin be yeah. chill. You could, the dolphin could have been like, oh, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, it, I mean, which is a better joke and also a better person. But I mean, I have to say, I, the one thing I think we can all agree about uh, Ace Ventura as four comedy writers here is definitely have the final act of your movie be a reference to another movie that people remember very well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, like the the it's fact key. that. The, the fact that the writers of Ace Ventura saw the crying game and they're like, we're going to base our right. entire, fi- entire final act around this movie. Children will definitely know what that is in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. It's just great. It's uh, yeah. it's just good movie what making. Right? Well, why uh, do movie. your own ending if you already saw one that worked? You know yeah, what I mean? You just love that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Um. Actually, that's kind of related to what I was going to talk about for my um, my thing this week. So, well, one one slight note is that I watched my seventy third and seventy fourth movies of the year this week, which <laughs> is um, well, I say that because the most I've ever watched in a year before is seventy two, and nice. so I passed that for the first time ever, Dog, and it's, it's, it's so July. strange. I know it's July. It's crazy. What? Well, this is a year for that, you know. I know this is the year that everything has an asterisk. Um, but it was. I mean, it's. This is one of the few things that I feel like, like that's kind of neat. Um, as opposed to like my list of shows that I've done this year, which is the least I've done since I was twelve, and that's kind of sad. Um, but uh, anyway, my uh, one of them that I watched was the nineteen ninety seven Mel Gibson Julia Roberts film Conspiracy Theory. Have oh, any of you so seen good. This? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure I would describe it as so good. It has some good things in it. Um it's also got Mel Gibson and um Yeah, but it also has Patrick Stewart strapping people the chairs and shining I mean, lights in their face. Oh, that fun. sounds winning. Yeah. It's pretty that's fun and Julia Roberts is you great. You know what else and- that movie has? That movie has a scene where he needs to burn his house down so he presses a button. And he had wrapped his house in like flammable paper. That's mm-hmm. pretty neat. A burn your uh, house down button. Yeah, yeah. He that's has a, pretty he neat. Has a, well, and he has a, he secretly owned the apartment below it, so he could escape yeah. to it. It and also has 
this version of Lauren Hill doing Can't Take My Eyes Off You that was like a song I heard on the radio and did not realize was from this. That's very good. You know what also that movie genuinely has? It has Mel Gibson playing the most Mel Gibson of all. <laughs> wow. Like maybe Mad Max uh, Th- Beyond Thunderdome kind of gets to that like <laughs> psychotic under edge of him. But like he didn't the- have to prepare for that character at all. He just showed up with like, <laughs> I, I got some conspiracies for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he believes in many of the things. Well, yeah, I mean, his are a little bit more hateful, but yeah, exactly. Uh, like these are the the nerfed version. Um, which I the the reason I watched it is because I had this like I, I'm in this little writing group and I've been working on a uh, on an idea for a story that was a, um similar enough to this and I'd never heard of this movie, so I had that like dreaded moment in a where you're like working on an idea and someone's like, oh, you mean conspiracy theory, the movie that exists already. And uh, it's very frustrating. Fortunately, it's different enough. But um, I also noticed the same thing that Mel Gibson noticed the other direction, which is if you write about conspiracy theories, it's all it's really sad and hateful and bad. It's not as much fun as it's like it seems like even like some of the past ones were fun, like aliens is fun. The moon's not real. That's fun. And now it's all just like Jeffrey Epstein erotic fan fiction. It's really terrible now. Uh Um, It's very upsetting. Um, But the other thing I wanted to, the reason I wanted to mention it was because um, there is a thing that I, there's a small character in that movie that is so perfect. And I just, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot as like how you write minor characters and what that says about the rest of the movie. So there's this, this super small thing where there's like this mental health, mental hospital that has like locking door when you go in past the front desk. And there's this woman at the front desk who is in charge of pushing the button to unlock the door. And when the cops first come in, they're like, open the damn door. And she doesn't like swearing. So she just crosses her arms until he asks nicely and then opens the door. And then later, the bad guy's trying to run out and it's like, open the fucking door. And she's like, no way, mister. You got like, she just, again, just crossed her arms and stares at him and he refuses to talk nicely. And it's just such a, what, like, what a fun little treat to give this person to play for their character that has no lines. And then also just like the attention to that little tiny detail of having her have a thing I thought was very, very charming and fun. Yeah. I call that like a, um, an annoying uncle joke. Like this, the type of joke in the movie that when you go see it, your uncle's like, she hates swearing. That's hilarious. Like we'll say that (laughs) out loud during the movie. Okay. So it's not an annoying uncle would write this joke, but would enjoy it. Yeah. It's the type of thing that like the person who like gives live commentary to movies is the type of joke they really love. And I associate that with uncles. Interesting. That makes it sound bad. I like just, I just sort of think of like the attention you pay to the minor characters is um, indicative of the attention you pay to the big characters and like how you're thinking about character. That was my thought. All right. Um, So moving on, let's talk about today's movie. So today we are here, we're gathered today to talk about the 1988 film Hairspray. Not the 2000 film Hairspray. This is important that you mention that because people's mm-hmm. faces change a lot <laughs> um, when you tell them that. But so we're this was selected by Brie. Brie, why did you pick this movie for us? Girl, it is the best <laughs> movie. It is so good. Um, I was raised uh, by a single um, mother hairdresser, and she knew a lot of gay men who taught me every line in this movie before I was in the third grade. Um, in, like, I was like, why does why does Jeffrey always call me a 
hair hopper. And um, that was just like sort of what my life was like pre-age 10. Um, you know, there are, you know, it's there are not a lot of fat characters in especially films in the 80s. OK, um, for those of y'all who are not familiar with um, like bodies um, or like the body positivity movement in the 80s, it was very repressive. The images that were shown in in magazines and, and television, um, you know, was that um, blonde, very thin, um, no butt. It was very like white supremacy was happening. Um, and. That and this was just like a huge different um, energy, and um, also Ricky Lake, we stand uh, divine. And also, I'm a huge John Waters person, and I wanted to hear Anthony talk about John Waters because um, I know he's got some info. Um, yeah, I just like camp, dude. I've always liked camp, and um, you know. I felt like in this racial reckoning moment, let's talk about hairspray because the new hairspray really missed a lot of this like integrationist storyline. And Wait, it's very how good. How could it miss the main storyline? Yeah, like the well, actual. It's just not as textured us. in the new one. Have you guys seen the new uh, one? No. no. Oh, Yuck. yeah. They, they missed. <laughs> Well, God damn it! The music is not the b- bad. The music is good. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I plan to see it on stage as it was. I would meant love to, to be see seen. the show. Yeah, it yeah like, I, everyone I, says the musical is good, but the movie version is not. What? That's what oh, I've the heard. Stage People like the version. Mu- yes, the stage. Yes. So, so Anthony was explaining this to me off the stage, but or off the air. But the <laughs> no, we're so on they, the stage. We were so they made a musical of it with the music from the with musical music instead of just the hits of the 60s and then they made the movie adaptation on that musical version but everyone likes the stage version and not the movie version is what i am gathering from the internet yeah it's it seems to me it's a real like uh kind of rent problem like the way that movie's adaptation was done is just shoot it in the most flat way with like a bunch of broadway cast i don't know like how often do I we think, don't like, know how to shoot musicals. We just don't. Like it just has not. Hard, we haven't yeah. cracked the code. Yeah, I think Chicago yeah, is maybe the closest to a movie Chicago musical that was works. pretty cool. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Hamilton, well, everybody's bored watching Hamilton because it was shot so flat in my IMO. Yeah. I um, yeah. Well, mostly they think the problem was the spitting, but. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, okay. So let me give you for those of you who have not seen Hairspray. This is my first experience with it. But for the people at home who have not actually watched this movie and did yeah. not grow up in um, Bree's hair hopper this is my culture, favorite part of the show is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I this live is the part for this part. I'm going to give you my three sentence summary of the movie, which is a segment that Hunter likes possibly because it shows all of the ways that I misunderstood a movie. You just, just always pack. Sentences. You pack so much in those three yeah. sentences. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. All right. Three sentence summary of 19, 1988 Hairspray. In the early 60s, people only cared about three things, making their hair big using chlorofluorocarbons, dancing to songs whose only lyrics are explaining the dance you're doing, and integration, (laughs) both for and against it. I mean, I I would argue, have the times ever changed? Aren't we still talking? Yeah, we don't have have chlorofluorocarbons in our our hairspray anymore. Um, That's only the first sentence. Okay. Um, one such person is Ricky Lake, who manages to achieve her dream at a very young age of uh, the height of fame, which is becoming a dancer on a local television program in Baltimore. She uses this massive platform to defeat her arch rival, Vitamin C, and end <laughs> racism forever. And that's the movie. That's what happens. Yeah. That, Dope that summary. pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah. I had to, I wanted to, I mean, I have to 
one of my favorite things about this is that every song is just like here's how you do this dance <laughs> yeah. and then they the, just, roach, the whole song is like the bird, we're doing this dance the gravy, we're doing the yeah we're doing the uh, mashed again, potatoes that's so nice. still that's still a lot of popular music uh-huh. yeah. i mean it's common but dude, it is gangnam style that's yeah. all it Soulja is dude. boy <laughs> I mean, we're still Macarena. Ever can... heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> you remember the None Macarena. of us have any like really modern stuff. We're all reaching lean, a little bit backwards here. Lean back, the Dougie. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These are things that kept happening. Uh, um, so the Cupid Shuffle. Yeah, one, one. I got one. You got one. Hitting them on the glass. You know. <laughs> is that to the window to the wall? Is that instructions? I don't remember. It is. Yeah. It is literally. <laughs> So first you go over to the window and then you go over to the wall. That's the yes, dance. yes. It's it's oh, it's, it's just roll. a walking back and forth thing. Tootsie roll. roll. Yeah, Candy yeah. I, I agree that it's still happening. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> Anthony, I want you to uh, respond to this thing that that Bree brought up. Let's get right into it. So tell me about John Waters. Uh, as someone who does not know who John Waters is, I recognized yeah. him a little uh, bit. I've seen I mean, him in something. He but is who is he? What's going on? He's. I mean, he is definitely has like such an iconography to just like himself that he's a person he's got a that very people thin know mustache. him, right? Well, I mean, his whole look, he's, he's a living cartoon caricature, right? He's, uh-huh. uh, and he's been rocking that forever. But it's talking about John Waters, it was, th- it was got me thinking about when we were talking about Repo Man and like uh-huh. the way that movie kind of has that feeling of like, you know, you don't need to go to film school and spend all this money. Like, fuck it. Let's just grab a friend and like make some weird shit. Uh, and John Waters is like the living embodiment of that more than just about anyone else. You know, he, as you are aware, he's from Baltimore. I don't know I if you've know that, noticed yeah. uh, in his work, a lot of Baltimore themes, but you know, he, I he's did from, notice some Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, all of his movies take place in Baltimore pretty much. Um, and, you know, he started in the seventies with like seven other weirdos who started the little troop. Uh, and he's the type of guy, he has like the dream life. I mean, that's the kind of thing I've always really admired about John Waters is he's the type of guy who found other like-minded people, just makes whatever he wants, started off making, you know, short films. And then eventually, you know, with Divine and a bunch of other people in this movie made, you know, the three, like three of the like ultimate true cult movies. Yeah, stuff like Pink Flamingos, uh, Women Troubles, um, and these movies that are Desperate just designed living. to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, called, it's called Female Trouble. Female Troubles, yeah. <laughs> Broads Trouble, Broad, you know, yeah. Lady <laughs> Trouble, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, these super low budget movies that were trying to be as subversive and as in poor taste and trashy as they can be. And just it circulated through word of mouth and just people like literally having to like spread copies of it. Or you would have to go and track down someplace that was showing a print of, you know, this movie in which Divine eats dog poop. You're like, oh, I guess the dog poo poo. (laughs) (laughs) How much is that doggy in the window? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. What what are you talking about? In Pink Flamingos, it's Pink Flamingos is about Divine. Uh, there's a filthiest person in the world competition, and Divine decides, like, well, clearly I have to get that title, right. yeah. and then does a bunch of filthy stuff, including the final scene when she, to as Hunter said, to, to how much is that doggy in the window? She eats real dog poop. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what he he somehow made I mean, these movies that were like so shocking 
and such a cult thing and eventually got a chance to like make movies for like real money and he never like went and made like a big like hairspray is probably his most accessible movie but it's Uh still so like true to him and honest and quirky and he just like he makes his movies and then he goes and does some paintings he uh a few years ago he wrote a book called crow sick i don't know if you've heard about this but he uh he, he hitchhiked from his home in Baltimore to his home in San Francisco with no money on him. Uh, he was just like, I'm John Waters. People, people will get me a ride. Uh, so he just, he just got picked up by a bunch of people. Oh and some people knew who he was. A lot of people didn't. Uh, and he just, he just lives his life doing whatever he wants and creating interesting things. They don't, they don't really let him make movies anymore. <laughs> uh, because his last one did very badly, so he kind what was of his last the one that did badly. Dirty, filthy, sh- shame, down, dirty, shame. What is that movie called? A dirty shame. Dirty shame. Load it. It had uh, Johnny Knoxville and Tracy Ullman in it. Uh, oh. Never seen it, but I've seen like Cecil oh, B. Demented it. and Pecker um, and. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, what is it? Load under shame. It's a, it's about um uh it's basically about an entire like um area of people being inflicted with like nymphomania drugs. So it's a oh. lot of like it's a lot of uh group sex scenes. Um and I believe I watched oh, it on cable, so I wonder what that was like. Yeah. Uh, huh. but again, that's just like he stuck to himself. He made really interesting, funny movies and just does he's He's literally like one of the people I look up to most. Like if I could have a life like that, <laughs> when I just like completely and not even like making the kind of work he does, but just that like being completely true to yourself, yeah. like never compromising for anyone. The fact that he can go from making movies like this to having cameos and like Lonely Island songs and yes. stuff like that. It, he stu- he has a, a he has a major character playing himself. And uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, I believe it's the Squeakle. What? Like a huge part of the plot. Oh, no, I think, I think, I think uh, you're thinking of Alvin and the Chipmunks Road Chip. Is it Road oh, Chip? Oh, yeah. Road yeah, uh, Trip. But yeah, he, <laughs> he just, you know, gets to go around. And he, he represents the fine city of Baltimore, a city that contains John Waters and the wire a city that contains multitudes you know no kidding i actually did um i not knowing any of this i did guess that it was in baltimore because as a i guess a little employee of the month shout out to the casting director of this uh, movie um yeah. one pat moran and i was i don't normally pay attention to casting directors but um brie and i have a have a friend named pat moran and so when it says casting director Pat Moran, my wife and I have this great joke where we go, hey, great job, Pat. And we pretend it's our friend was casting this movie. Oh, but when we did that, we were like, wait, we know Pat Moran. They cast another. What else? Wait, they cast The Wire because we did that every episode of The oh. Wire we ever watched. We complimented our friend Pat Moran. And it turns out uh, this Pat is Baltimore a she, casting and she is like, a, like the best Baltimore casting person. And not only was it neat to just recognize the name and then know what city the show was probably in based on that, but also the casting in this movie is so phenomenal. There's so incredible. many incredible people. I mean, yeah. Ricky Lake is so perfect at this. Can I tell you my um, favorite fact about the casting of the... This is what, how, how crazy John Waters is. Uh, so when he originally 
made this movie when he was trying to get it financed. He almost got it financed, and then they were like, so, uh, who do you have in mind for the cast? And he's like, well, I want to get Divine, who's been in all my movies, to play mm-hmm. the mother. And they were like, that's great. And then he went, I also want Divine to play Tracy, the lead. <laughs> that was his original intention, was to have Divine oh, man. That in three ruled. roles. And they were like, look, John, we'll give you the money, but absolutely not. We will, sl- I, we will yeah. say yes to I might be on else. their side of this is mostly just because a character playing yeah. themselves and their mom is a lot. No, yeah, it would have not. It would be a very different movie. Yeah, I would have <laughs> watched the fuck out of it. I would have watched it every day. But yeah, One thing I, I really she, like about uh, is so good in this movie. One thing I really like about the casting is um, there's a lot of just like yummy hot dudes that are just in random roles, which I think is very John Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's just like a bunch of super fuckable gay dudes in the movie um, just playing like straight um, like heartthrobs, um, including mm-hmm. the lead who is named Michael. Who cares? It doesn't matter. He ba- he says like 10 <laughs> things. Oh, Michael St. Gerard like, plays Link. And he's just like uh-huh. just a pretty boy with like absolutely no acting skills. So, right. That right. rules. No, I think Link is the princess. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, um, sorry. Can I tell you something real quick about how hot these guys are? Uh-huh. Um, since that's what we're talking about, there's this one hot guy in there. Uh, let's see, I found his name. His name is Josh Charles, and okay. I was like, okay. "Man, that hot guy! I know oh, that guy Josh from Charles somewhere." Is yeah. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I, I actually tonight. don't. I, well, so what's funny is I was like, I know this guy. I know this guy real, real well. I know him in something, and then I was looking at everything he's ever been in. I've never seen him in anything, but I just spent the whole movie being, he is so hot and I just know him. But, and I, I mean, kept telling Galena over and over. Yeah. I've seen this guy in a lot of stuff. And then I just pulled it up and was like, no, you've seen it enough. You just saw a hot guy and was like, I know him. He's my friend. Yeah. It's, it's the type of man. You just know when you close your eyes, you know, yeah. the image you see. He's probably been in my dreams is the problem. I probably saw him once for a second I, and then he's been in I there. mean, you never saw Sports Night? No, I've never seen Sports Night. No, oh, interesting. That's where I know him from mostly. But he was also in um, the new Wet Hot American Summer. Nope. I haven't seen that either. Well, you should because that is I really liked that show slash movie. Don't tell um, mom the babysitter's dead. Nope. Come on, Hunter. What are I'm you doing? I looked through it. That's what I'm saying. As I looked, I, I expected <laughs> to be like, yep, seen him in that, seen him in that. Haven't, I've seen none of this stuff. Not any of it. He's just so hot that I feel like I know him. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. Um, also, they, he also cast a lot of like, well, so a lot of people either were already musicians or became mu- musicians, but like the, the Motormouth, the DJ, is like a hugely famous R&B singer, Ruth Brown who I had heard music from before. Um, This is a movie where just like digging through the cast is like more fun than a normal movie. It's just Mm -hmm. so much fun stuff poking around in here. It's the type of thing that just like the type of man John Waters is that you just feel that he's the type of like creative Otis who's just the magnet for other interesting creative Otis. And his, all of his filmography is filmed, like filled with people who are like, Dude, yeah, John, I'll come down to the set and like you won't have you. Won't, I won't take much out of the budget and I'll yeah. like do two days. I, yeah. Like, like, yeah, I just I like you. If we it's, it would be fun to work with you for a day, you know. Also, like, Jerry Stiller was really fun. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, as the yes. uh, the dad and the owner of a practical joke shop, and it in, this movie includes um, he does to the the governor has locked up 
our hero um, for something having to do with racial integration, her being for it. And um, uh, Jerry Stiller like goes up to the meets the governor and is like, hey, you got something on your shirt and then hits him in the his face when he looks down, (laughs) which is my least favorite practical joke of all time. I hate it. You're just hitting somebody. You don't need to get me to look to hit me. That's not that you can get permit. Anyway, this was by far the best use of that practical joke that's ever happened in human history. Going all I could think about when I saw that was what's going on in Portland right now. I wish I could do that to our governor. I wish I could. Hey, what's that on your tie? Zip. Hey Ted. <laughs> hey Ted. <laughs> uh, you, you, you're talking about the mayor, um, but yeah. Um, well, and also, actually, also related to Portland was that the governor in this movie, uh, when two activists handcuffed themselves to his arms, instead of. Uh, bringing in the cops which i would argue would be a reasonable thing for the governor to do he's like don't get the cops involved it'll just escalate things and that wow. is a great point that oh. is a prescient it's a good yeah. point city That's of baltimore so true. has you know a strong strong political memory like this yeah no <laughs> kidding um so that was for pamaran and all of the fun cast um yeah, uh sunny bono and debbie harry i oh, think are the life delightful yeah. in this movie debbie yeah. debbie harry in particular my one of my favorite uh my favorite scene in this movie is when uh vitamin c and debbie harry are talking about a zit and she's like making her do the uh-huh. dance runs whilst talking oh to yes, yes 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 potato faster uh, just the way she is like dancing in place while trying Dude, to have a conversation with a dancing is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Her frowning while doing a series of very good pop <laughs> dances is hysterical. That absolutely my favorite. I thought you were going to say the part where they like show you popping the zit, which I could do without. No, I do. I mean, the sound effect on the poppy yeah. is, the, is the type of like <laughs> just such a. Uh, such a great like he doesn't care about reality it's so over right, the top right. and ridiculous also uh, like oh, the, it needed a little bit of filth in there you know what i mean yeah. just the, the yeah there was also the sucking on the gobstopper was over miked a couple mm-hmm. of times in a way that was pretty gross the, so they puked for a second whenever that puke happened i was oh, like the oh this is gonna be gross. a lot and then it was just a little and i was like oh it could have been more <laughs> <laughs> i may have gone the other way with it um yeah, so, so many fun people in this um, doing such fun things. But what? So you mentioned the reckoning in Brie uh, as yeah. a current events tie-in here, and so I guess I want to ask the question. Um, so um, is this helping? And I, the reason I ask it that way is because like there is a strong like message from the good characters that is anti-racist and pro-integration, but also the end result is about people who are making their living stealing music from black people and getting famous doing it. And then they also get credit for solving racism at the right, end of it. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It feels I, a little white saviory. That was what well, I was feeling. At I, the end. I would owe you that that's kind of like John Waters is aware of that and making fun of that. Right. This movie is like a parody okay, of great point. white. Sa- I mean, like the, the scene when they had, they, you know, they spend one night dancing in a black owned yeah, record yeah. store, and she's like, deep down inside, a yeah. soul of black. I agree. Yeah. I followed, totally agree. Followed immediately by like the the beatniks 
who are, you know, sitting there smoking their reefer, yeah. you know, just creating, thinking that like, they're helping and solving the problem. like the When they are gentrifying that neighborhood and making terrible art. Yeah, it's like, it's absolutely making fun of, I think, you know, like it works on like that level that if you want to watch this movie, it's why, you know, it has such crossover success. If you want to watch it as like a fun story that can inspire, to, you know, a, a campy Broadway musical, you can watch it. But like the movie well, knows what it's doing and it's making fun of that as well. I think, um, Alex, it's great that you saw white saviorism and i think that's very astute and like um you shouldn't be looking at movies to solve a racial reckoning i guess is my like yeah. my take yeah. um unless yeah. it's a documentary by ava duvernier um but i mean also, we haven't found um, it yet but who knows <laughs> yeah who knows let's keep watching yeah um okay well, but we'll, i will we'll say green book next week so i think that <laughs> yeah, we're on we're on the right track yeah, we're, we're digging into the book next week. So <laughs> I I got to say, speak colors, on a, so I just on call a real it the note, book. fuck Sorry. you. I just <laughs> hate you. So, You're coming back um, for a crash episode, right, Brie? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Real world season one or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do think that like Tracy Turnblad as a character is absolutely revolutionary and i know that we're talking about racial reckoning but again to just have like a fat character just be okay with herself is really huge guys it was huge for me and Mm -hmm. also for her to be like absolutely unapologetic about what she's passionate about for her to be absolutely um an aggregator right and like a very difficult um aggressive protester who would be willing to give up her spot on the corny collins show if they did not integrate mm-hmm. you know yeah like, i'm she, saying so this, much these good, are good shit values. About this character yeah she the fr- when she does her interview for this show which is like I mean, she's still a kid, but this right. is like all I've worked the my audition. whole life for and all I've ever wanted. Yeah, the audition. And then they ask her questions after the audition um, or as part of the audition. And they're like, what do you think about integration? She's like, I'm for it. And it, she was there was no politic or hesitation about it. And it like got her ridiculed by the racist lady um, whose mom's head blows up. So it it does. Yeah, she's such an interesting character. My One of my favorite things about that, about her, um, is that she's not self-conscious about her body and no one else cares except for the 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 racist lady but like it's not like the it's not a huge folk it's not a it's not her struggle that she's overcoming she's just like i like to dance and then the movie is about this other stuff that she's doing as a great dancer i mean it's one of those things about like the way john waters makes movies like he uh, we were talking he loves fat women you know But also this, like, what reality do you have to create? Like, all movies are fake and artificial. And, like, so many movies want to, like, well, it's real. So people would treat her like this. And John Waters' thing is, like, fuck it. I don't care. I have Divine playing her biological mother. And it's just, like, I can portray whatever world I want to portray in my Mm -hmm. movies. So, like, the fact that it's just everything is so comically over the top and how like kind of saccharine and sweet it is uh and while only only bad people bad people who are truly ugly inside would say something like that right so that's why only bad truly ugly people say anything like that everyone else is just accepting and good and it's you know all of his movies have that theme in them of like 
this reality he wants to pit up on the screen. That well, is, that's why when you were when you're telling me about before we started, when you're talking about the 2007 movie. The cast is so weird in in not it's it's so not weird. Like the cast of it is just so mainstream. It's so, like uh, is that is that Zach? Um, Zach Efron, yeah, it's like Zach Efron. Like yeah, but like John Travolta plays her mom. And that does not feel like it's doing the That's same job. Up, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. This feels like you, you don't get why Divine was fun for this. Well, I mean, to be fair, John Travolta, of all the people in Hollywood, has so much experience wearing wigs that it just God. kind of like it, it, they want it to be. You know, who in Hollywood ha- wears a lot of wigs? Uh, okay, John, fair point. John Travolta, number one with the bullet. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do that, Anthony. Alex and I still work in Los Angeles. You know, you're yeah. going to ruin yeah. it for us. Yeah. You oh, can't yeah. say anything bad about. Yeah. Um, JT, yeah. Yeah, about JT. Um, but yeah, it just seems like making this as a movie with like a really mainstream, famous, not super fun cast would just take so much of the life out of this. It I mean, is. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the thing with like Hollywood musicals in general. You you would never think to cast some of these pet people. You know, I mean, you look at like Les Mis and like casting all Oscar nominated actors. It's just that's what you do with like the big Hollywood musical, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Yeah. Also, I thought Divine, like in addition to being like really fun as her mom, but like also like playing that crazy station manager. Yeah, was, a, was just a really fun duo to have her doing. Right. Yeah. Very um, funny. Yeah. My favorite line is that one where Divine uh, is like quotes like Bob Dylan or something like. Oh, like I she have does it. like. Oh yeah, please please read it because it made me <laughs> okay. laugh so hard. It is just in my brain. The times they are changing. Something is blowing in the wind. Tracy, fetch me my diet pills, hun. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I, didn't find it. I just knew that off the dome because it's, oh, it's nice. Great. It's glorious. Um, I yeah. Another thing that is interesting about this movie to me, and that make, gives it sort of that like cult feel, is that the the dances go on for a very long time. Like they they just show it. They'll just show like here's four minutes of this dance. Yeah, and yeah. we're just gonna watch the kids dance and enjoy them dancing '60s dances, and that's it. There's no other point to this part of the scene. It's not like a musical where they're going to like say some stuff that's going to advance the plot. We're just they're just having a dance. Right. right. I was going to ask Lopez, you know, you know how like in the 80s there was this like obsession with the 50s. What was mm-hmm. that about? And like oh, right. year cycle. Yeah, the 30 year cycle, right? It's just like you're always obsessed with the uh, culture of 30 years ago. Hmm. Really? I mean, it's about to. It's a dude. There's gonna be so much '90s nostalgia over the next I already, decade. I have definitely it's seen already '90s happening. nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, it's, already, yeah. yeah it's already happening. But it's it's gonna be more than you th- like. It's it's really gonna explode because '80s yeah. nostalgia has been huge for a while. I keep now. listening for to Soundgarden yeah. for another yeah, decade. It's come, I'm telling you, that stuff that you don't think can come back will come back. That's what. That's when you've really hit it. Yeah, um, and also, I mean, with this movie in particular, like this feels like such a you know, uh, a, a thing from John Waters' childhood, you know, like the idea that these types of programs were, and that's a lot of part of what kind of drives the 30-year cycle is that like filmmakers 
look back at things that meant a lot to their childhoods and then uh, want to make movies about that. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. like these that's things, such a good point. Like, this is a real type of thing that just does not. I mean, I guess that's kind of what this is kind of what like TikTok sort of is nowadays. But the idea that like that it used to be every television, every like city with a local television station used to have like a pre right. like bandstand with Dave Clark type of show. Yeah. That you were local celebrities. You were known and you're famous in your high school, and you just danced to this like music. And it was just like a thing that existed that is just like trying to explain that to somebody now. It's like, again, I guess like TikTok famous is like the closest you can kind of get to it, but it's, you know, but it's so much bigger. Yeah. But this was a thing from your childhood that he was just like, this like 30 year cycle is such an interesting thing. I've, I've not actually heard anyone say this, or if I have, I haven't like thought about it, but I, it's also interesting because this got made into a musical like around 20, 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're do- like the hairspray, the musical enjoyment is on a, th- like we're doing it yep. 30 years later. Yep, 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 yep. And also the, like I, the, the point that it was like the stuff that you ca- you cared about when you were a child and now you're an adult making stuff makes perfect sense. But also stuff that's too recent feels too annoying for you to revive. It's too, too soon. And stuff from farther away is harder to get people excited about. A 30 years does feel like, about the right amount of time, yeah, it has like be, it's not too close for the '90s. So you can, yeah, '90s are oldies now. You can do that. Yeah, it has to either be 30 years ago or Spider Man, because Spider Man apparently you can reboot. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. So uh, no one knows point. why either. No, yeah, no, trying to figure it out. <laughs> Everything else you have to have a 30 year gap on, but Spider Man. you're watching, dude, it, scientists are one. working on the coronavirus vaccine and figuring out Spider Man. <laughs> like that is, it's equal. They're trying to figure it out, man. You know, I I mean, my main theory is that, you know, anyone can wear the mask. I think that's really the, (laughs) that's really the secret to it. There was so, there was also a lot about just this like time period because it's, it does feel like it's parodying a certain thing that I haven't seen. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a real, why I love like Dave, a lot of David Lynch movies is because like this time period is very important to him as well. mm -hmm. You see a Mm -hmm. lot of it shown in his movies. The opening of Mulholland Drive is yeah. people dancing like this to music like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, interesting. Um, yeah, I just, it's interesting watching something that's like nostalgic for a time I wasn't around. And that's why I'm kind of like fascinated by this 90s nostalgia because it's like the first wave. Like we're on the first 30-year cycle that I get to participate in and that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I mean, think I'm just like in my head listening now, you know, like the 80s stuff is like this. Uh, Back to the Future is really into this kind of this period nostalgia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like just yeah, a lot of things in the eighties, yeah, like yeah. the way we did the eighties. Oh, so um, for a long time. It's also uh, there are some things from this time period that it is being that I thought were kind of fun. I really like just the super skinny ties. I thought that was great, and the tiny little car she gets into that was mm-hmm. some fun. Man, I don't know why that car didn't take off after that auto show. That was a great car. Um, I I have a question. Um, and I don't know if anybody Jeez. else, because I, I don't know a lot about this movie. Um, there are a couple sequences. And this is going to sound like a diss. I was not bothered by this, but I was just confused. There are a couple sequences yeah. where it feels like there's like some weird cutting that happens. Yeah. Like, there, I was reading a thing. There's actually like a long breakdown on the Wikipedia page about like uh, a lot of deleted scenes 
and kind of stitching oh. this movie together. And I think you can really um, kind of credit that to like, I love John Waters, but he's not like a visionary auteur filmmaker, right? He never, <laughs> went, he never went to any kind of film school. He like figured it out. And he's like, he's talked about this. There's this great quote in like, um, Sense Will Be Demented, which is a movie he made about crazy filmmakers and the Patty Host incident. But it's like uh, Demented at one point in the movie says, like, technique has just failed style. Uh, uh, and that's like yeah. something John Waters like says a lot. Like, that is like, I just failed at making a lot of things and eventually got better at it. But, but like, right. he, most of his career was him just figuring it out on the fly and like, you know, figuring out how to make it work. And eventually he got better and better, like like you would hope anyone does doing it. But this was, you know, his first I, real movie, kind of, you know. I have a another theory, which is that, you know, he's a pretty out there director. And then this is sort of a more mainstream film. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that maybe his bizarreness came up against the like producers, Um, because I have seen a version that is different than what y'all sent and, um, like on TV, like, I I believe this ran on comedy central a lot when I was a kid and the cut was really, really different. Um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, did it have more? Especially when it gets into the, like, uh, like when it get like it had some different ending stuff at, toward the end, like the auto show. And then also the scenes that are like, whatever in Harlem that are sort of like, you know, very racial and like there are weird racist deprogramming and stuff. Some of those scenes were different or cut when I've seen it before. Interesting. Um, is there anything, Bree, any last things you want that we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure that I um, got out of this watch? Um, or just uh, miscellaneous things you want to say about how much you enjoyed it or why? Um, it's wonderful. Um, the clothes are so good. Um, the hair is so good. I mean, yeah. and I mean, that's another like the set, the costumes, the set dressing, the the hair. I mean, it's all done to period. Um, the fact that he's like into this auto show that he's into this theme park. That's also another theme in John Waters work. I just like, you know, cry mm. baby. There's always there's theme parks and all these movies. And it's just this this language of kitsch that, you know, as Anthony said, this fool is true to himself in every freaking movie. Um, Cecil B. Demented has theme park stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just get, you know, if you are a weird, if there are any children listening to this and you feel weird, just start watching John Waters and feel completely affirmed because nothing, no, uh-huh. everybody is exactly where they need to be. And all these, you know, and this white, gay, cisgendered man did not need to elevate all these marginalized voices like a fucking trans wo- woman, you know, all these fat women, these like black people, you know, like let's celebrate these artists who are in it early you know into this woke shit early and sh- and showing how problematic woke woke shit can be and how messy revolution is so god damn it this is important i think yeah, another I, I, I you just gonna... nailed it that was awesome yeah that's very very good and i, I don't want to i don't want to ruin that by adding too much to it so just, Anthony... oh i was just gonna add just like that you know have like you know be true to yourself and like don't worry about it but also like find the other weird people around yeah. like the fact that like divine was a childhood best friend of john waters right and it was just 
this other weird person that he met and he met a bunch of other ones and like his first three real films and all of his short films were done with like this small collective of people who were all helping each other out and creating different stuff and so much of his career i think is owed to like having an interesting collective that when everyone mm-hmm. else is like that's weird why would you film that you have people like who get the joke and are willing to like do the crazy things you ask for them. Because John Waters has asked a lot of people to do some crazy shit for him <laughs> while he films it. And like <laughs> being able to find people who trust you enough to do that and uh, like excited to do it is such a blessing that people should never like take for granted. Because I mean, he certainly didn't, and look what you know, look what he did with it. Awesome. These are yeah. these are very good, and I don't want to. I'm not going to ruin it by adding anything to it. So I'm just going to say we have one more sort of fun and uh, on this note, uh, weird and positive segment uh, on the other side of this musical sting. So stick around for that. All right, you guys. Uh, in our final segment of the day, we have to thank, get to thank a meat buddy. We have a new meat buddy that um, had to wait a few weeks while we got some other stuff out of the system. But I'm very excited to do this segment. I've been looking forward to this very much. So um, Claire became a meat buddy. Claire from Michigan became a meat buddy about a month ago, and uh, she donated the maximum level allowable by law on our Patreon page um, at patreon.com slash meat buddies or metreon.com. And, you know, it's one of those things, if you've been on Patreon, it's like, it only shows you the top three. You got to click show me more expensive options to then reveal, like it takes work. It's very impressive. Um, but then the uh, email she sent to a company that sign up um, was so amazing. So it started like this. Um, I'm glad to have finally gotten around to donating. I've been thinking about doing so since you set up the donation page, and I've really meant to donate since 2017 when I finally got a job that wasn't at a donut shop. I've been listening since my freshman year in college, Thanksgiving 2009 specifically. Whoa. I went to see the second Twilight with a friend, and when I got home, I googled Twilight Sucks, and your podcast came up. And there was some, I think it was some joke about Edward being an ice statue and Jacob being a puppy licking the melting ice statue that really got me. I had a bad time in college and some at, and at some points was listening to y'all every single day to help me through. I've easily listened to your first 300 or so episodes at least 10 times each. Oh. I would donate more if you had an option, but it's probably best that you don't. <laughs> also, I made the attached pillow way, way back when the headphones were part of your logo. Finished it about a week before you released the redesign where you got rid of that logo. Um, and I meant to share it on the Facebook page, but I'm bad at actually participating in spaces of things I like. So sorry, it's grungy now. It's had a long life. And I will post this on our um, on our social and on our uh, the, the notes from this one. But this is a hand, uh, I, I don't know, different techniques, but crocheted perhaps pillow of our first ever logo, which is a weird throwback for me because I was not good at making logos when I did that. Um, And to see it stitched onto a pillow that's so well-loved and is still around is really incredible. Um, So, uh, but which is, this is already an incredible email. I was telling you at the beginning of the show, this is one of the three emails that got me to tear up this year, but it continues on. So as we, as you all know, when we get a new meet buddy, we give them the option of what to do with their thank you segment. Uh, We have a lot of, uh, we can give you the world's worst pep talk. Um, We can play two juice in line. We've got a bunch of options or you can make up your own. And to the question of what you would like your segment to be, Claire says this, can I ask for a segment where your co-hosts say nice things to you or where all of you give each other compliments? Sometimes them teasing you seems to make you a little sad, which makes me a little sad. (laughs) 
So if it's not weird for you guys, it might be nice to do a compliment minute. And um, look, I obviously you don't know me that well. If you think I could handle that segment being about me, like I am worse at taking compliments than at taking teasing. And I really cannot take it very well. So um, I, I would much rather be roasted. I never considered that like us making fun of you could hurt anybody else but you. <laughs> that really, really is going to like put a little it's bit of changing a damage. Oh, yeah. head now, now that there's yeah, uh, collateral like, damage. Yeah, I was, you know, when it was like, a, you know, a a precision drone strike on you, <laughs> I was okay with it, but I didn't know we were double tapping. Well, no, I, to be clear, to be fair, um, what she said was it sometimes makes me sound a little sad and that makes her sad. So it could be precision. I just have to remember to learn how to take roasting better. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck up, uh, buddy. All right. You dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done a variety of shows uh, with all of you, um, including uh, Bree and Anthony, and I were part of a stand up show for a long time. We're basically every, the opening of every show was you two <laughs> and Curtis also roasting me. Um, so, so I had, this is a, I mean, like I keep putting myself in this situation uh, because Claire, even if I do sound sad, sometimes my insight is that what the world likes is me sounding a little sad. So yeah, also you may have listened to like each episode a bunch of times, but you don't really know Alex, you know, like we do. <laughs> like, so yeah. it's definitely like you're getting, you know, his edited for me, like clean side. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We're going to have to give Claire a refund if we keep roasting Alex, so stop. <laughs> right. Yeah, I haven't done have... it at all. I'm not doing it. I'm loading some compliments right now in my compliment. Oh, good. You say, so Hunter saw where this is going, and he's going to load up some compliments. So I, in order to give you guys a little more time to think, I have preloaded a couple that I'm going to start with. Um, so I'm just going to go around real quick and give everybody a compliment from me. Um, and uh, I'm actually going to start with you, Hunter, because it's so funny that you... <laughs> sort of undermined this in the opening but i believe this to be true so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with it but one of the things that i've always liked about uh about you is that you um are like when i'm around you even when other people are not around you're still a good dude to other people and this is especially surprising because like one of my i think i think probably truly my only genuine guilty pleasure and i mean that in the sense of like i enjoy Mm -hmm. it and then feel guilty afterwards is talking shit and I ever like 10 times a year. I swear I'm, I'm never going to talk shit again. I'm going to stop this stuff. It's so bad, but like a little circle of friends, mean gossip. This it's just nothing that it's more fun and then feeling bad. Um, and you won't do it. I've been in so many groups that are like, even the groups that are sort of founded on talking shit and you do not participate and not like you don't make a show. Like I don't do that. You just like, we'll talk shit and then you'll just say something nice about the person. <laughs> And it's, it's very weird that you just seem like it's like, I've known people who are like, I have resolved never to talk shit and they don't do it. And you just seem like it's just not the way your soul is built, that Mm -hmm. your soul is constructed, that you find things to like about people and stay positive when you think of other people. And I I try to, yeah, I strive to be more like that. It's funny that we already talked about me and my mom talking shit. Well, so it I, could be. I had this preloaded 
And then you are like, my favorite thing with my mom is talking shit. Well, that's (laughs) That's the thing is, maybe that's the deeper answer here, is that when everybody starts talking shit, I'm like, no, that's a me and my mommy thing, okay? (laughs) I'm not going to do that with you. Or just like, Cousin Gerald hasn't come up yet, or whatever. Right. right, I'd rather family people. Maybe, you know what? Maybe my threshold for talking shit is so high. Yeah. Why go out for pizza when you got steak at home? You know, (laughs) like, I'm not not going to set You don't know who me and my Bob are talking about, and I couldn't even bring them to you. <laughs> These are such great points, but I'm gonna still believe that in my Aww. heart that you just have a you just have a good soul that I am I admire and that I um, try to be more like because of that. Ooh. Anthony, it's like eating donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, okay. Um, uh, I wrote a couple for each of you, so I'm deciding on the fly which I'm gonna do. Okay. Um, so uh, one thing that I re- I was remembering back when I met each of you to, when I was preparing for the segment, and I was thinking about Anthony the first time. First time I ever met you was in an Applebee's. I don't know if you remember that. But, I um, do. How uh, could I possibly forget? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mozzarella and, sticks. <laughs> well, and one of the things about that I remember from seeing you at that Applebee's and then talking to you afterwards is that you are not constantly on the way some comics are, where you just get this, you walk off stage and you talk to somebody off stage who's super funny and you're like, oh, I want to talk to you. And then you're like, oh, you're still doing that bit. You're still in the bit. You're still in that character. You are like, performing to me and you are such a genuine person when i talk to you from from jump street where like anytime uh anytime i start talking to you you're like here's who i am as a real person and i'm not going to show off to you i'm just going to tell you things that i actually care about and we're going to connect genuinely and we're going to look in each other's eyes and have personal conversation and that is such a a, a rare commodity and a valuable one and i admire that and i try to be more like that Thank you. I mean, I, you know, if you're not paying me for it, why would I turn it on? You know? <laughs> Both of you have tried a smart to business, man. Yeah. I, just, I gotta, gotta hold the wealth, you know? Uh-huh. Um, uh, Brie, I was going to talk, and you kind of bring, brought this up earlier, uh, but about how um, early on, as uh, not as many people know, but y- you and I did a lot of, um, like, hang out and writing at coffee shops and stuff. And so basically, for like the, for the, for the first couple of years I was doing stand-up, there wasn't a single joke I did that you didn't make better. Um, and so you're not only, like, incredibly funny, but also, like, generous with your gift. But then I remembered I have to tell this story instead, because, especially because it's on brand for you, um, and I am promoting your podcast today as well. Um, you can do it with Brie Pruitt. But um, a couple weeks ago, Brie asked me for notes on a thing she had written, and in my response, and along with my notes, I um, had some negative self-talk that I worked <laughs> into these notes about her script. And one thing um, that is amazing about you, Bree, is that you don't tolerate that shit. You don't, you don't take other people's negative self-talk lying down. And so I sent her this email attached to the script with like some notes and then also some lack of confidence. And I like she immediately called me and was like, no, look, we have to talk about this. What's going on? Why are you like this? Everything is fine. You are very good at this. You're going to be successful. And that is just such a wonderful gift that you're like, you're not just doing this as a production of pep talks, but this is a thing that you actually, you care about lifting other people up in your life. And I strive to be more like that as well. Thank you, Alex. I'm the anti hunter. (laughs) Like, so Hunter is like neutral. not negative, yeah. But you're like super I'm not buoyant. Yeah. In the face of shit talk, I am an anti shit talker. <laughs> I will destroy all negative opinions how did about you turn, anyone. Brie, how did you turn his compliment to me into like a, a diss? <laughs> you turn or... into a no. <laughs> no, she just wanted to point out she won the compliment. She was right. at a higher yeah, rung on it. that same ladder. 
Right. Um, I, I, I feel like Brie will be willing to talk shit. I other people, but she won't let you talk. talk shit. And probably about the shit that about the people that Hunter won't talk about. Almost <laughs> certainly. Talk about but but you won't. The one thing you won't tolerate is people talking shit on their own selves. You don't yeah. you don't stand for that. And I like that a lot. I really hope that um, Alex spent all this time saying this nice stuff. And we run out of time and can't get to his <laughs> yeah. compliments. Well, anyway, yeah, we couldn't think of anything. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's all the time we have for this week. <laughs> so oh, we I are. Good. I feel we, good. Yeah, we I are feel running nice. long, and I don't want to be included in this much. Um, so everyone, you don't have to do all three, um, especially if people have not spent as much time hanging out with each other. But if, if you could each offer one person one compliment, I would like that for Off- the rest of no, our. No, Claire minute. said you. Claire said yeah, it's got to be you. you. It's no, she you, said dog. no. She okay. She said um, where they compliment nice things to you, or where you all give each other compliments. So she gave oh, us the choice. I'll, and all right, I chose. I'll give everybody a compliment. Go ahead, Bree. Okay, you want me to go? Okay, well, I will start with Alex. I, Alex, you are my dear friend. You're a very good friend. You are. Um, you want you want to do what's morally right. You don't eat things for, that are animals because you don't <laughs> want to harm them, and you are trying to be better. You strive to be better. You strive. You are good at commitment. You commit to a podcast. You commit to creative projects with me. You are an artisan of words. You craft words like other people whittle wood. Is, no, you are said, very you good at it. We're going to do I, one. You're doing a oh, run on one? No, this yeah. is. Yeah, I can't. Let, no, let, no let, uh, let, her, yeah. let her go. Come on. Yeah. You was on a roll. Alex, this is like your three-sentence movie summaries with your really long sentences. <laughs> this is still one. Yeah, this is one big <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is one, one big okay. thought. Okay, okay. Yeah, I you're don't good. mean to put on um, yeah. you're, you're humble. You, you build up your friends, and you're a very good person to have uh, a meal with. And not everybody is good. Uh, some people are bad at splitting um, you know, money and have are awkward and are weird about picking which restaurant and you're very good and we like the same things and that is good. Okay. Oh, Hunter, you, you are a so, so funny. You're very nice. You are always on off um, the, the mic that I have experienced and I actually like that because Ooh. who needs people not to perform? I want people around me making me laugh all the it's time. Fun. It's good, and yeah. you're very good at it. You're a force of good energy on stage, and mm-hmm. I don't know you that well off stage, but I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And you pick cool people to hang out around. I really like your your ladies. Okay, okay. Anthony Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Lopez, you are my favorite stand up comedian, bitch. Deal Retire. with it, <laughs> and I quote your jokes all the time you are so funny you are um very you strive to understand things in a really complete way you know everything about movies that's so cool you know everything about many things um you have uh, a cool you always work really hard you have like day jobs that you're working very hard on you have a beautiful home life that you're cultivating and you strive for balance in your life which not a lot of stand-up comedians do that's why they're um you know shiftless layabouts who sleep on couches without wives (laughs) all these things are true this is those are great lists and i agree with all of them i um i i do want to just as a slight clarification the fact that anthony i think is not 
uh, a character offstage does not mean he's not very funny offstage. Anthony also makes me laugh in real life. Um, and I think Hunter, I also believe when you are offstage being funny, you are also being genuine. I don't think. You don't need to I don't... backpedal all of your comments <laughs> just because of mine. No, I just want to make sure. I just want to show in case someone was listening and they weren't listening and that they carefully, were they might think that our comments were disagreeing. And I was well, saying, but, no, but, they actually dovetail. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. But it's different people, different perspectives, different ways yeah, different of, of taking in the other people. Of Hunter. Yeah. And, and, and it's all, po- it's, the intention is to be positive, so yeah. Hunter, since we're being positive, why don't you do it? Why don't you yeah, go sure, it? I'll do, do it. Uh, I'll 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 start with Bree. Bree, uh, you have you project like a a generous energy that feels good to be in the space of. It's like you're like a oscillating fan that cools <laughs> down uh, just my life, uh, and and I think I, I think that's true for a lot of people. I think that's a very like. Like everyone that I've ever talked to about t- speaking of talking shit, I don't know that I've ever. I don't think anybody would be capable of talking shit on you, Bree. That's actually, you know what? That's the hardcore compliment right there. I true. haven't heard it, and I hear a lot of it. You know, and it would be weird if I heard it because I hang out with a lot of your friends, so that would be strange if <laughs> yeah. they were talking shit on you. But even beyond that, because I hang out with everybody, that's the whole thing. You know what I mean? I'm hanging out all over the place. And yeah, if anyone's going to know what the different shit talk circles were, it would be you because you pass so easily between them. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am a neutral party. Yeah. And I don't think it I, I think everyone uh, that I have ever met that has ever come in contact with you just has such a positive uh, feeling and, and vibe about you uh, that it's it's uh, it feels powerful, actually. Um, it's it's Agreed. it's par- powerful to witness it even through other people, because obviously we haven't spent a lot of time together. Um, Anthony, uh, I, I don't, I mean, it's hard for me to, to compliment you outside of the context of the show, because this show is like our whole relationship. Um, so they, they know, I think through our interaction, but like just, uh, being able to, to talk shop with you and get your perspective on stuff, uh, just is very, uh, valuable and very good to play off of. Not to say that Alex's aren't. I will get to Alex. Okay, it's different. All right, yeah, Alex yeah, yeah. Is different. I agree. Um, I, I just want I, I, the, the having a person in your life who's like so good at thinking about a thing that when you when you experience that thing, you're like, I can't wait to find out. Like, and that's how I feel with Anthony and movies. Like, if I watch a movie, I'm like, I got to hear what Anthony says about this before yes, I can exactly, understand how exactly. I feel. It's this like considered. Like always considered, al- always going to a deep place, and yeah, you say a lot of things on the show that really like really resonate in my brain, and it gets me thinking, and it feel it's very fertile. Yeah. All right, now uh, Alex, the the big one, the number one, the boss battle uh, for the compliment <laughs> for the compliment fight. That's how it should feel. Um, yeah. Alex, you, I, I'm going to try and I'm going to go a different because a lot of different directions I could go with this compliment because in a lot of ways uh, you have helped me out and defined uh some of the investments i have made in my life and even just moving to portland uh you have given me some real opportunities um that i would say you're probably one of the number one like positive influences over the last like couple years of my life oh dude Um, since we've since we've known each other it has been a very fruitful 
uh, friendship uh, to, I mean, I'd say you, I mean, you rank awfully high in my life. I've been alive for 30 years though, you know, so who knows? We'll see what happens. But you know, like uh, obviously me and my mom are tight. And then, I you know, heard, yeah. you, you also haven't heard your mom's opinions on Alex. Yeah. <laughs> right, so right, right, right. I'm coming for her though. Um, but to, but to go, to, but to go a little off base and also to keep it kind of show focused, I think you, you're a very original guy. In a in and it's in a surprising way. I feel like you just say a lot of shit I've never really heard anybody say, and sometimes it's perplexing. Sometimes it's like, what the fuck? But but it's it, it's just I don't know what it is. You got something inside of you that's like it's this core thing that is it's it, it's like a wellspring of specific you-ness that you access on this show so regularly and it is always surprising uh and exciting and uh did i say surprising it's surp- yeah. you surprised me a lot you'll say yeah. stuff and i'm like i feel like i can never f- quite figure you figure you out but if you had asked me when i met you i'd be like that guy's probably really easy to figure out you know what i mean you're like a sneaky guy <laughs> you're like a sneaker you're like sneaky original like your deep first in there. compliment was um, yeah you got a little easier got to understand the, i got if it the real good, good one out out of the way and yeah, yeah this one has taken some directions that i'm gonna get you on now the deeper while. cut alex, one is good you're sneaky original yeah alex <laughs> spect a lot in stealth you know he yeah. has a real high stealth number <laughs> oh man i'll take that i think that is actually great um thank you hunter that was very kind things yeah, to say yeah. and and i feel um at least on the first one i feel very very similarly i feel like it's been incredibly fruitful for me and um i've gotten a lot out of it um anthony would you like to take a turn yeah sure um i will say i'll start with you alex um so i mean i guess just trying to think of compliments it got me thinking uh i have been uh lucky enough to uh, be allowed to be on a passenger on this ghost train mm-hmm. for quite a while now. Uh, and it's something I'm very appreciative of, especially as the world becomes more and more chaotic and insane to have this like stability and get a talk with cool people once a week. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge part of that and why like I've never tried to keep a, uh, a train on the tracks before. Uh, and I like being a passenger on a very smooth, non-bumpy road. And the only reason I can do that is because you're the conductor of this ghost train, oh, and you keep you. it. You keep the tr- the trains running on time. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a and, weird reference now, but yeah. No, I mean you. Yeah, no, I mean the whole. My whole compliment is just comparing you to Mussolini in one way or another. <laughs> is, that, is that okay? You remind me a lot of Mussolini Mussolini. vibes at the end of that compliment. I don't Um, know, but no, Uh, you uh, you keep this. You you work incredibly hard, and I'm super appreciative for it. And uh, you you're very very, uh, you know it's it's look your heroes can only as be as good as your villains, and I think you really (laughs) help this show by by playing into yeah, a role that is very like, fun all three of you i wish i could have cut you off halfway through the compliment um, it's like you can't stay in line you can't stay lined up on a compliment you start out and i'm like this is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me and then it's like no wait you're just describing hitler that's what you're yeah. doing it's um, very you're such weird. a good painter you are bisexual <laughs> vegetarian you're yeah. vegetarian you only have one ball um okay know. all right let's talk about somebody else thank you anthony um, i, I I still think i've got the better end of the deal no yeah uh 
you're you're amazing, and I I love the fact that you're you're such a hardworking guy. Um, Thanks, dude. Yeah, uh, Hunter. Uh, I say you know same thing with sort of like we've known each other a little bit before the show, but I think over during this show, especially the kind of um, sort of more focused, intense thing we have been doing the past few weeks, it's been uh, really great to have you on this show and to have your opinion. Uh, on things it definitely it's you know we have fun with alex it's also nice to make me feel like maybe i'm not the crazy one here uh it's nice to have someone be like yeah that's that's how that works like cool for sure it's me yeah Yeah. um but yeah i just it's been a pleasure again especially during quarantine uh to have a chance to talk to you every week uh and then brie uh i can't say anything uh, that hasn't already pretty much been said. Just I think the Hunter, the lack of talking shit on you that's out there, just mm-hmm. one of the few people that um you know, like you know how like when you say a name to somebody, you can get so much about like mm-hmm. what that person thinks of them by how their face reacts. You know, like they <laughs> might they might say like, Oh yeah, they're great, but you can just like you just see something in their eyes that's like, oh, there's there's some weird feeling there. Uh, that is something that I could never imagine getting that with Brie. Uh, no, just no, an earnest, delightful person who, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, people aren't really performing anyway uh, right now, like no matter what. But as I've sort of stepped away more and more um, from, you know, performing, just my life's gotten crazier. The main thing I miss is a lot of the people. And, like, Bree and Alex and Hunter, you are all, like, a lot of the people that I miss more than anything else. So, it's yeah. just, like, it's thank been you. So I, much, mean, I wish people would never retire because it's so much harder to hang out with them if we don't have the same job. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, uh, you know, the time, you know, being out, you know, almost every night performing as often as you know, I did and all that, there's a lot of good memories, a lot of bad memories, but you know, memories of you guys were always good. So like that. Yeah. And that's the, the main only, thing. I think you're the only person, Anthony, who's retired from comedy that I have done the work to hang out with. Although I had to get you on the podcast so that you'd, I'd still have a kind of work hang, but like yeah. everyone else, you retired from comedy. You're dead to me, but I was like, all right, Anthony's worth the effort. Hmm. Oh, um you guys that was lovely i hope claire enjoyed it i feel very uncomfortable um but uh you can become a meat buddy and make us do whatever weird conversation you'd like by going to metreon.com uh i I like this challenge if you continue keep giving us money to talk about the weirdest shit ever i want to see if what's the weirdest thing you can pay a stranger to talk about i want to find i'm so into this you can do that. You can choose any segment you want. Uh, Metreon.com is our URL. And Somebody thank you should, so much. Um, sorry. Oh, no, I messed it up. Alex, do it again. No, I will great. not interrupt. No. Um, I think you, somebody should pay you to read from your nightmare journal. <laughs> we oh, did, I did a little one. bit of on the air uh, a couple weeks ago. I would definitely do more nightmare journal anytime somebody wants. Um, it is. Uh, yeah. Um, Man, I had one last night where I was just like, I found out an asteroid was headed directly for my desk and I was not able to get up from it. And that was the whole dream was just like, the asteroid's going to hit <laughs> my desk. Nothing, dude. That's, <laughs> that's, I wouldn't even know if that was a nightmare if I had that. Oh, it was terrible. Like, Does that qualify? Well, no, it was imminent death and I could not move. I was rooted to the spot. It just uh, had this weird element of it being a desk and an asteroid, but. 
why was editing why were this you podcast? Uh, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Anyway, um, yeah, everybody else feels trapped as well right now. Yeah, um, I mean, Alex, I think you just said something really deep that being strapped at your desk is intimate death. Yeah. I think that's like a pretty deep philosophical there. thing. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the, po- 2020, the point is, thank, right? you, thank you to Claire for donating. Thank you to everyone who donates. And uh, you can uh, go to Metreon.com and help keep us limping down the tracks. Thank you so much for listening to everybody. We will be back again next week talking about Topic TBD. Um, sorry, we don't actually have the announcement right now. We have a, a little bit of work with our current guest figuring out what movie we're going to watch. So, but that'll be it'll be something really good next week. It's not going to be Green Book. That was just a joke. Um, so don't we're not we're not yeah. talking about the book. That's not happening. Unless, unless they pick the book, it's possible. It's very the- possible if Phoebe decides she really wants to do Green Book out of nowhere. That would, and what an interesting if we were like, let's get the other side of this. Um, oh, weird. Yeah, that would be a weird choice. But anyway, uh, we gotta, we're going to have another great episode, I promise. And we'll, you'll find out on social. We'll let you know so you can keep up if you're trying to do the homework. Um, you can always email us with compliments or uh, corrections. Podcast at read.sweep.com. Compliments are harder for me to take. And thank you to all our meat buddies. And especially thank you, Anthony and Hunter, for hanging out with me. Yeah, always. Um, and Bree, who you can listen to... Uh, let's do it with, or you can do it with Bree Pruitt. Sorry, that's the old comp. You can do it with Bree Pruitt, um, which you can find on all of the fancy podcast uh, places, but also on BriePruitt.com. Yes, Thanks for joining us, Bree. Thanks. Um, yeah, uh, keep up the good work, and I know you will. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.